The first of my books that I want to talk about is the very first one that I published. Um, it's horrible. And definitely the proof. I had no idea what I was doing. And I probably still don't. Um, it's called Touchdown Interruption. It's about a girl who... It's a romance book. Novel. Novella. Sorry. About a girl who just wants to break away from her dad. He's overprotective and controlling. And she ends up falling in love with, like, a friend of his. So, yeah. First, that's just cringeworthy in itself. Second, I recently looked through it again because I was working on the audiobook for it. And it's just horrible. It is worse than I remember. And I re yeah, I recently redid the cover for it, but it it was so bad. It there was like not enough detail in some areas, too much detail in others, and just horribly, horribly done. But it was my first baby. I loved it and I had just been rejected from like oh well, no, I wasn't even rejected. A vanity publisher, of course, wanted to pick it up if I forked them over like two, three thousand dollars. They even told me, you know, if I didn't have the money I could go and ask my friends or family to donate money to me so I could publish the book with them. Yeah, that should have been like my first red flag, but it wasn't. So I published on Amazon and just kept running from there once I figured everything out. But yeah, so that one is... It was published in 2013, so yay, eight years ago. <laughs> the anniversary date's actually coming up sometime this month. But I just, after I, re after, of course, I had recorded all the chapters, got everything, you know, almost ready to go, I couldn't bring myself to publish the audiobook. It needs a complete overhaul. The downside is it was like when I wrote it, it was four, three or four computers ago. And when my computers crashed, I lost the manuscript. I lost everything. And I've yet to figure out how to get the actual manuscript off of Amazon. I I know I have done it in the past with another book that I also lost. But I can't remember how to do it now. Because I'm an idiot. So I have nothing to start with. And I almost don't know if it would be worth it or not. But, well, I mean, of course, it's my first baby. I gotta redo it because it can be so much better. I mean, I was reading it and I sat and I cringed through everything. And what's worse, I, when I wrote it, I was like 15, 16, 17, somewhere in the teen area so of course you know it's already oh boy but I held on to it because of course my dad okay so the whole story <laughs> my stepmom and I were kind of fighting and when I started writing the book 
she was a character. <laughs> very, very small part of a character. Or very small character. But she was in it. And so I let my dad read the first couple of pages, you know, with of her character in it. I think that part went over his head, but he liked the rest of the story. So I kept it. I held on to it, finished it. A few years later, decided it's the only book I have ready to somewhat go and published it. So while I was reading it, I remember like the first few days where I was in life and I could vividly remember that time when I was just not that happy or in a good place and I put it in the book. It was definitely a fantasy that had run through my head, you know, well, like, you know, we all do at some point, we want someone to come whisk us away, and yeah, that was the result in the mind of, like, a young teen girl, it, it was bad, <laughs> so... Yeah, I definitely plan on redoing it. Somehow. Uh, I have got this nice little app on my phone that does speak to text dictation. I think I'm going to end up using that to uh, rewrite it. Because, one, I'm lazy. And, two... It is a pain to rewrite the entire book from scratch when right now I can at least use the bones of the story to make it better. You know, it would be that way I don't lose the essence of the story, I just kind of improve it, make major tweaks here and there. Like, one of the changes I would make, her name. When I was, well, no, I can't say that because I still do love the name Jezebel. And that's the main character's name. I do love the name. But I've also used a different version of it since then. And it just... Something about it in that story does not work for me anymore. And I don't, I don't really know if it's just the name. Jezebel. Or if it's because I used it for another story, I'm just, I don't like it. So that'll, Jezebel will definitely be getting a new name. I just don't know what that will be. Um, I definitely think another big change is one of the villains. I've gotten reviews that have said one of the villains makes absolutely no sense. To me it does because they are affiliated with the second, well, the first main villain. 
and I would definitely need to either bring their connection out more or do something that would make have it make more sense because I can see the second name villain he doesn't have really a first or last name he just was referred to as the Mad Hatter and of course the first main victim what or the main villain sorry not victim <laughs> uh, he was in love with the first villain Miranda and uh, you know he literally would do anything she told him to except for kill Jezebel but people were saying you know for some reason the Mad Hatter didn't make any sense I mean, he did everything he she, Miranda told him to, but for some it didn't come across to the readers. So that's a definite change I would need to make, and think about how to do because, to me, it is super obvious. And I had even wrote in parts of the book, you know, where he was waiting for her to call, or he was, you know waiting for her to tell him what to do and he explained that he would do absolutely anything he even tried to trade Jezebel for Miranda at one point when Miranda was caught by the good guys you know, he said, I'll make this trade as long as Miranda is unharmed. So I don't really see how the readers missed that part. But it's something I obviously need to work on. And draw out somehow. Um, I also feel like the cast of characters needs to be dropped down because there were points when I was rereading it that I was getting lost and I was forgetting like which character was which Jezebel has three two see I'm not even sure there were at least two brothers but I think there was a third one or it started out there was a third one and then he became a completely different person by like the end of the book and see if I can't even remember how would I expect you know everybody else to remember so I I either need to cut it down or definitely figure out you know make the flesh out the characters so that you won't forget who is who Oh, there's just so much work to be done with that, with my first book, which, you know, stupidly, you know, I still have it up for sale on Amazon. If you'd like to go, you know, find it, it is touchdown interruption. Um, but just know sometime in the next, I'm hoping year, <laughs> it's getting completely overhauled. Now, another funny story, uh, I told you I started this idea with being mad at my stepmom. My stepmom has read it, and I dreaded her reading it because since, since I was 16, 17, 15, somewhere in there, we've grown up, made amends, moved on from that issue to a certain extent, but so we get along now. And she read it 
oh, a couple years ago. Maybe not right after it came out, but, you know, definitely sometime between then and, like, three, four years ago. She loved it. I'm not 100% sure if that speaks to her poor taste in books or if she was placating me. But she claims that book is the favorite of mine that she's read. Granted, I'm also not sure if she's read anything else by me. So again, that would lead to, I think she may just be, you know, placating me. But I'm still surprised. She says it's her favorite book. So if I take that at face value, ew, I don't know. It makes me feel icky. Not because, like, I demonized her somewhat but going back over it because of how badly it was done you know and that's another we are our harshest critics so yeah I could be over exaggerating but go back and look at some of your old stuff if you are a writer go back and look You'll find probably at least one little paragraph or an entire novella or, you know, you'll find some of your old writing is just, how in the world did I do this? Why did I think it was okay to put it out in the world? But, you know, that's like, I'm kind of getting off topic here. Um <clears throat> I've grown so much, not just, you know, like in life mentally, but as a writer, I know I can do better than that. So, but at the same time, you know, it's, should I leave it? Because, you know, that shows where I started. And, you know, as you look at the books that were published after it, you can see I have grown. So really, do I leave it as is? Or do I just completely overhaul it like I want to and that I know I need to? Crap. Now I just talk myself in circles. It's great. Firmly as of now, it's getting an overhaul. It needs an overhaul. Um, but I am going to admit I am going to cheat. Like I said, I'm going to use the speech-to-text app that I have and get it at least on, get all the words on paper first. And then as I reread through it. I'm just going to change everything I can without changing the actual gist of the story. And you know, it really is just a weak premise. There was no, well, there was kind of a side plot of the villain Miranda, you know, but that was it. You know, she wanted to get away from her father, Jezebel wanted to get away from her father, and she did so by breaking her arm, but she all, other things also happen, I mean, when you read it, you can definitely tell it was written by somebody who was very young innocent almost inexperienced and you can definitely tell how young and dumb I was 
And, you, and that's not a bad thing. I was young. I was stupid on so many levels. I just, it was so horrible. <laughs> I can't get past that. And I probably do need to end this before I continue just ranting nonsense. Cause I, and I'm trying to do this. I don't want, in case you do want to go and look at it, I don't want to ruin anything. But at the same time, you know, I don't know. You know, sometimes I just don't know what I say and I talk. And that's probably why I have the podcast. So I have somebody to talk to aside from myself. Even if nobody is listening, I still feel like I'm talking to somebody else. I'm going crazy. Yep. Okay. But like I was saying, it's just super straightforward. There's, well, it is a novella. There's like nothing to it. Girl meets boy. You know, they get united in a somewhat tenuous relationship. And then they get separated. Poof. Just to be reunited at the end of the book after some things happen. No real side stories. The villains. Yeah, villain number two makes sense. And villain number one, Miranda, you know, she does have some backstory. But I definitely think she could be fleshed out more. Like. Yeah, she needs help. Because right now, she just seems one-dimensional. Not even two-dimensional. She's like one-dimensional. And that's not really good for a villain. You know? You want to hate them, or you want to love to hate them, she just is there to be evil. And that really kind of makes it a weak situation. So. There's definitely ways it could be improved. And needs to be improved. I know I said I redid the cover recently because I was gearing up for the audiobook. So I did redo the cover, but I like the old cover better. I mean, the new cover is something I slapped together in like maybe an hour, hour and a half. And while it definitely does look more like a romance book than the last one did, it, to me, it just looks super cheesy and crappy. But when I ran it through there, I have a group on Facebook, you know, that we discuss all the writing issues and stuff and we look for help from others. And But I showed it to them. They liked it. They may not have liked the font, really, but I think it goes with the one of the themes of the book, or one of the, you know, issue, or not an issue. The main male character is an NFL player. So I use kind of blocky sports lettering look to it. Yeah, that doesn't really scream uh, romance but I liked it looked good with the cover which you know is like now uh, 
stadium, football stadium with lights and a guy who could represent the main male character on the cover. So it fits with that. The lettering, you know, looked good together with the background as well as fitting the fact, you know, that, you know, main love interest is a football player. Woohoo. So, I, I like it, but then I don't. When it came to the lettering, I love the lettering. But the picture, it just looks cheesy and cheap. Where the other cover looked more interesting little more professionally done. Definitely just... To me, it said more about what happens in the book and had more to... The old cover had more to do with what was in the book than the new cover. But when it was brought to my attention that all of my book covers in general suck uh and I started redoing some of them I ran it past the group and they loved the new cover except for the lettering which you know every other lettering I tried did not just did not work well so yeah um I think I better wrap this up before I get too more lost and confused just in book, my first book, you know, so I'll let y'all go. Thanks for listening to me rant and rave. Have a good night. I picked this next book to go over because, uh, well, it's Christmas time. Christmas is one of my favorite holidays. I love it. I'm still I still get wrapped up in the magic of Christmas and you know all those nice ooey gooey happy feelings one gets around the time of year. Well, that one gets from being a kid. I guess, because when we're kids, we all love Christmas, not necessarily for, you know, just the presents that we get, but Christmas is a magical time of year. You know, there's just something in the air that makes a lot of people happy. It can also make a lot of people sad and depressed, but, and that's sad and not a good thing, but I, I try to look more on the brighter side. And for me, Christmas has always been a happy time of year. So, of course, I get the idea to do a Christmas romance thing. But it also came, the idea for this book also came from uh, my grandma loves watching the Hallmark Channel and the Hallmark movie murder and mystery channel I don't know it's got uh, murder she wrote and Perry Mason and all those other short sweet movies on there about random murders in a town <laughs> but she hates um, starting around I think October middle of October, 
when they do their Christmas, they start running their Christmas movies because they take away Murder, She Wrote and the Perry Mason reruns and, you know, all these other shows she watches throughout the year. Hallmark takes those off and replaces them with all these happy Christmas movies. So the idea for the, for, uh, the book is called Finding Santa. I'm kind of getting ahead of myself. And the idea came from, really came from that. What is the happiest, cheesiest book I think I could write? And in the beginning, I didn't have plans to publish it. But in the end, I just said, eh, what the hell? You know, everybody loves a good Christmas book. Or, well, in my head, it was Christmas movie. Because when I wrote the book, I pictured it playing out like a Hallmark Christmas movie. And it gets really funny a little later on. Uh, the book is about what if instead of an actual one person, Santa Claus was a title passed down, well, generally from father to son. But what if Santa only had a daughter? You know, how would the throne or the title be passed down to her? <clears throat> Hence why it's called Finding Santa. Candy, the main character, is the daughter of the current Santa Claus. And uh, his time is up. He, they, the way I had it, Santa Claus could only hold, one person could only hold the title for a hundred years before he passed it on and to the next in line. And the current one, or the old one, became Father Time. For a hundred years. So. The current Santa is done. His time's up. He's got this last Christmas to do. Before he turns into Father Time. If a Santa. Is not found. There will be. All hope. And. Light. All that is good. Will be gone. For at least a hundred years, if not more. So Candy has to find a Santa Claus. Ideally, before this last Christmas. So Candy is sent out into the world. And with the help of Santa's secret service... she has to find and fall in love with a new Santa. Uh, Santa's Secret Service is essentially a group of people who run interference and security for Santa Claus. And I even set it up to where when it's not Christmas time, they help run security for like the Easter Bunny or Tooth Fairies. They, you know, give them all these little gadgets and things that help keep the world 
um, they create little gadgets and tricks to keep the world oblivious to their existence. And so when Candy is sent out into the world, an agent named Steelwell goes with her, goes out into the world and helps her. They, uh, he, him and a couple of the others at the Secret Service station or headquarters, uh, they gathered little dossiers on a couple of people to help narrow down her list of millions of choices and to help her get around and keep, well, interact with people because she's been stuck in the North Pole her whole life. So she she hasn't really had a chance to talk with people. And she doesn't know how to get around or anything, so they had to send someone with her. And it was Steelwell. And with a list of three top contendents, er, con three top contestants? We'll go with contestants, because... I forgot the other word, and it's not sounding right. They just have a lot of trouble <laughs> with the ones that they had picked out. And there's a whole mess of other trouble, because um, her grandfather, the current Father Time, wants to end Christmas. He's been... Lord of Time for a hundred years. He's tired. He's bitter. He just wants it all to end. And wants no one to be happy. So, along with, you know, like, car problems and the list of people they chose, not being who they thought they were, you know, the three people that they picked out, three contenders that they picked out, two of them were horrible choices. And they, of course, Steelwell tried to, you know, make up for it by saying, you know, in all fairness... They only watched over these people as kids. And, you know, they were only given a couple of hours to find a group of people for her to choose from. They can't all be vetted thoroughly. You know, because there's so many possibilities in the world. They picked who they could in the time they had. But it just went wrong. Everything went wrong. But of course in all of this. Candy ends up. Falling in love. With Steelwell. And realizing you know. He's the one. And. It all wraps up in this night. Nice sweet little. Happy bow. She she and Stillwell make it back in time for him to go on a run, on the last run with her father. And they end Christmas, and they end up getting married and all that sweet stuff. And it's all just happy, sugar-coated, cheesiest incidences that you could ever think of. Kind of like a Hallmark movie. <laughs> and I keep bringing up the Hallmark thing because when I was thinking about it, of course, I already said that's part of how I got the idea to do the book. And I was, 
the whole time I'm writing it, I was imagining, you know, this is how it would play out in the movie. Super cheesy, over the top. It would make a great Christmas Hallmark movie. I published it in, 20, in 2019. The same year, I it was like a couple of months after I published, I think, I saw an advertisement for a Christmas movie. I think Tori Spelling was the lead actress in it. But it had the same name as my book. It had the same premise as my book. Only they took all of the magic out of it. You know, instead of having to find an actual real Santa to replace... Her uh, Tori Spelling's regular Santa for the town party either quit, got sick, or possibly passed away. I'm not sure. She just needed to find somebody to replace him. She needed to find find a Santa for her Christmas party. And that's how you got Finding Santa. I just, I laughed when I saw the uh, trailer because it was essentially my book, only they stripped away all the magical elements, and I was like, yeah, it was such a good idea. They went and did it. Really? And it came out the same year (laughs) that I published my book. Really? The coincidence couldn't have been any worse. It was insane. But I kept my title and I obviously I kept the book because I I find it funny but I don't eh. some would kind of freak out about it I don't I just I find it funny and I try not to think too much about it Because if I did, I would probably overthink it and want to take the book down. But I mean, it's super, it's super, it's super short. I'm, I turned it into an audio, I did turn Finding Santa into an audio book. It's the last one I'm doing this year. And, but it won't, the book itself I'm not turn giving a print copy of because I think Amazon says the actual print would only be like 44 pages long. You know, not really worth it. It's more like a super pamphlet size. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just short, sweet. Definitely gives you all the happy Christmas feelings and that's it there's no reason to get upset about it I mean it is what it is I had a good idea for something obviously I turned it into what I turned it into and Hallmark turned it into what they wanted. So that show that just goes to show you, you know, two people from 
opposite ends of the earth can have the same idea, but the two ideas are going to play out completely differently. It is kind of creepy how much, how similar our ideas were, but they still played out way differently. I never did watch the movie, but that's because I don't watch much TV. Yeah. Finding Santa. I still love it. And it's I still find it one of the or the cheesiest thing I've ever written. But it was so much fun to write because I carried the whole Christmas spirit while I was writing it. I carried the whole Christmas spirit with me throughout the year, you know, and I just, I had a lot of fun writing it. I love it. It's awesome. Have a good night. Okay. Um, my next book is an author's romance. It's one of the more recent ones. Today... Well, no. Um, January 20th is actually its birthday. 18, 19, 20, It will be four years old on January 20th. I can't believe it's been four years. <laughs> uh, well, actually, I can't believe it's only been four years. An author's romance... I loved writing it. It was fun. But. And I think this was because last year. I recently. Uh, put up the audiobook for it. So it's like still fresh in my head. And I'm still kind of coming down from. The eventual spot we all get to, I am just so tired of this book. So I'm still coming down from that, and it's recent because I did the audiobook last year. Only took three years to get it out, but, you know, hey. It's out. You can find it on audible.com. Um, I think Amazon does a... Yeah... Amazon has the audiobook. If you want to go to Amazon, uh, you can also find paperback and digital copies on Amazon. Uh, it's about a girl. Her name is Jessa Bell. And she's a writer that's been experiencing, like, one bad event after another until she wins a writing contest after she didn't really intend to, like, enter the contest. Um, she didn't intend to write the contest, but, like, the night before, she got drunk, wrote a short story, sent it in, and she won. So, uh, along with her twin sister, Jolene, she takes a free trip to Scotland and winds up in the year 1501. Not exactly the trip she had planned. Now she has no idea how to get home, stop her sister from falling in love, or save their heads from a bloodthirsty ancestor. Jezebel also has to contend with a jealous housemaid intent on drowning her as a witch. Yeah, it was fun. I... I enjoyed it. The whole reason I started writing that one, I love time travel romance. Um, I grew up reading them, you know. Yeah, 10, 11, 12 year old 
probably shouldn't have been reading time travel romance, but, you know, I probably shouldn't have read Stephen King or V.C. Andrews around that age either. But I think Mom's whole theory of letting me read whatever was, at least she's reading, you know? Well, she had issue with the uh, V.C. Andrews books, but that had a lot of complicated material for a young kid. So I, re I read a lot of romance, and I really got into time travel romances. So I thought I'd try my hand at writing one. And an author's romance just happened to be first. I recently redid the cover and I had to re I had to make a complete new cover for uh the audiobook. That was fun. <laughs> I hate making covers for Kindle. I well I hate making covers in general because I never know what to put on the covers. And recently, like sometime last month-ish, I was told the books to my, uh, the covers to my book, or covers to any of my book, suck. So I've started redoing them <clears throat> to have them more in keeping with the genre and I personally prefer the old cover like for an author's romance I prefer the old cover but I made a completely new one made it look more you know, like a traditional sappy romance cover. And people say it's the better choice. It, you know, to me it has major issues and it just looks super cheesy. But apparently, people love the cheese. So... Yay, it has a new cover. And it's turning four in a couple of days. Check it out. It's really good. I love it. I'm biased, I know, but... It could be your new favorite read that you haven't read yet. Eh? Again, it's um, An Author's Romance by me, Courtney Wendleton. Check it out.